She's like, hey, you know that best friend joke? Is that true? I was like, oh, honey, no, no. I had strippers. You, you think she hates that joke? You know who really hates that joke? Is my second best friend, Justin. Yeah, he's like, who the hell is Neil? What's up, man? I was looking up. I, I haven't seen you since 2019. Oh, boy. What's yeah. changed since then? Anything? Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it insane what we've been through? Don't you? Like, can you believe it? Yeah. No, it's not been good. <laughs> but for the most part. <laughs> for the most part, it's not been great. Not, not all the great things happening. But uh, hey, we're, we're here. We're survivors. Yeah. Yeah, dude, I, I, um, so first of all, you're special. Fantastic. Oh, thank um, you. Thank, thanks. It, it looks so good. Like it just looks so good. And you're, you're, uh, one thing I noticed that's interesting, um, that, that I thought was interesting anyway, was just your, and, and i I can't remember if I noticed this before, but like your, command with the mic so far away from you uh-huh. is is so good like <laughs> it's so neat like like I, I i don't know i i really was paying attention to like where you hold the mic in your special and yeah. um did you like choose that microphone because of like or was it they that's the one they handed to you and that's just what you do like like I, th- I just thought that was really interesting. Uh, right. Yeah. So in, in terms of the way it looks so much credit goes to, uh, my DP and director, Eric Smith, who's been, I've known Eric since I was seven years old. He, I've, wow. I've known him and it just so happened. Like we went to the same elementary school together. He's one year behind me. It just so happened. He moved out here a couple of years after I did and he does camera work and he's really good at that. And so when it yeah. came time to film the special, he's like, yes, let's do this. And uh, so it was, it was awesome. So a lot of credit yeah. to Eric Smith at Banana Man Films. He helped out a ton. Yeah. And, he, and, um, and then in terms of the mic, yeah, it's, you know, I didn't choose that microphone and it gave the audio engineer a little bit of fits because when you're, when you're there live, it works really well. Right. Right. And I think it adds a layer of being able to drop that mic and, you know, yell if I want to. Yeah. Yeah. 
or like get right up close and I'm talking very softly, whatever it is, I think that adds another dimension to the performance, which I really like. And it's always interesting to me because a lot of people that are uh, real savvy about comedy and performance like that. And then you get the people that are like, what's he doing with the microphone? Why? Why? <laughs> why don't I hear him through the speaker right now? Well, you got to pay attention a little bit. You can't just be this yeah. I- idiot that's like, if it's not coming through at a 10 out of 10, then I'm not listening. Yeah, I thought that was so cool the way you did that. And, and just uh, I was wondering how, you know, how intentional it was or... Um, and and I, I appreciate that it that it is that's really cool and um, yeah that also, came about in getting in starting to perform in like large spaces so a few years ago I got the opportunity uh, to open for some big name acts and so we were doing huge venues yeah. and I thought it was I really enjoyed being able to drop the microphone and still reach the back of like a giant theater or arena and like. Feel that power of, look, there are 5,000 people here and they're listening to the yeah. point where I don't yeah. have to be magnified through this thing. I'm just yelling. And even though it comes across as not as loud, even though I'm yelling, it's not as loud to the people, but there's like an animated portion of that that just seems funnier to me and is powerful. So I got that from performing those big spaces. Now yeah. it's a little strange when I do shows in Los Angeles to like a <laughs> tiny bar and I'm yelling at people and they're like, why are you yelling at us? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and the other thing is those spaces generally, I mean, this disappeared in the pandemic when people were doing outside shows, but like the luxury of being able to do that in a theater is it's already designed for an unmicrophone mm-hmm. voice to carry fairly yeah. well if it's a good theater like i don't know if you've ever uh like have you ever s- seen this is the boozy bougiest question you'll ever get have you ever seen <laughs> the symphony in los angeles at the the disney symphony theater? i have not no dude find a groupon or something it's not like just go to whatever if you think that much about acoustics you'll just it's so ridiculous Be blown away it's oh that's cool it's unbelievable how cool it is in terms of pure acoustics, like uh, just amazing that people go to those lengths and, and, you know, make it so good. And theaters are designed to be pretty good at that. Yeah, and absolutely. You, <clears throat> so I got to check it out. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's worth I've, it. <clears throat> the building's cool. You would imagine it'd be state of the art. So I yeah. can go check it out and listen to Dudamel whisper. Yeah. Yeah, that's the that's the thing is um, the thing that blew me away. I mean, the show that I've I've been there once, and I I was I was absolutely just floored. Like this whole world that exists around going to the symphony to the point that you know I'd heard about it, but I didn't. You know, you never really witness it, right? Uh, right, but right. Like, there's people that, and I, and I get it. I got it immediately. That like bring a book. And that's what they do on Sundays is they go sit and listen to the symphony and they read. Hold on. Hold on. So they're not even actually like looking at the strings and the bassoon and all that. They're sitting there reading their Nietzsche. They're just, it's like, (laughs) I love live classical music. (laughs) And I have have to go. And I have whatever a a season pass costs, like $12,000 or whatever it is to like have a front row seat to the symphony. 
but holy shit. So the coolest part was noticing that person reading, which, you know, like I was just like, that is balling out of control. Like I want, no, don't put on a classical record. I want them to perform it live for me, please. Um, (laughs) Gustavo, please (laughs) perform, perform for me now. I demand the finest entertainment when I read my Sunday edition. That is so funny. I'm going to go find that person in the front row reading the book. I'm going to stand right in front of them the entire time. It was, so I couldn't believe that, but the acoustics, what I really picked up on was when the show wasn't happening before the musicians like actually started to sit down and, and before the show started. And I didn't have like the closest seats in the world, but it's not a big place. So I'm sitting there in my seat in the audience and a person like walked and sat down and I heard it as if they were like right next to me. Like these musicians that are like way down on the stage that aren't, you know, the, the stage is mic'd obviously, but, but the acoustics of it was just, I I was blown away. It was, it was perfection. No matter where you were in the building. So cool. Which book were you reading? I, I, uh, you know, I was reading Moby Dick. I I like the classics. (laughs) Did you yell Ahab <laughs> during oh the God. crescendo? Now that you awesome. bring it up, like I, I so didn't appreciate how amazing it was because I remember that time we did go, I'm pretty sure like in like LA, like we're late getting there, you know? Okay. So we yeah. had to wait until a certain point. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. they get very so they, snooty about that. Yeah. Like must not disrupt the yeah. readers. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> yeah, the readers, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I was like, you know, it, it's hard to get downtown sometimes in this right. city. Oh, yeah. uh, so anyway, I don't know how we got on that track. Okay, but, I'll go check oh, it out. Acoustics. Yeah. You'll, acoustics. You appreciate acoustics. You will love it. And it's just okay. a neat thing. Uh, bring a bring a book, you know, uh, <laughs> and put your feet up and listen to some symphony. I'm going to bring Holy the shit. biggest, most obnoxious, like <laughs> large print, 1001 fart jokes, and just make sure everybody up there playing Tchaikovsky knows what I'm reading, right? Not giving them any chance to think this is elevated at all. This is just still low art, okay? You got it? You got it? What are you playing up there? Beethoven, low art. I'm reading fart jokes over here, and I'm going to laugh out loud. <laughs> Like the the top forty uh, of of music. What are you playing Tchaikovsky for? I want some obscure <laughs> stuff. Oh my god! Right. Well, these uh, are the these are the ones that I know. I, I don't know the most. <laughs> I, I don't know if I could name the most obscure. You know, classical. Uh, yeah, goodness. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't said know. Beethoven and Tchaikovsky. There you go. You I, I could have gone Bach, but that's not sweetening the the joke reference. It's weird because classical music is insane. Vivaldi? Like Vivaldi? That, I think that, yeah. Is that a little bit good. better? Yeah. Not yeah. quite as well known? All my classical music fans are going to be so disappointed in the both of us for not knowing Vivaldi famous like names. we haven't heard Vivaldi. <laughs> as they're listening to this, reading from text. They don't even call it a book. I'm reading my text, <laughs> listening to the podcast. What is the equivalent of Freebird in the classic? classical <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> oh mozart really <laughs> beethoven's fifth why don't you shell that out i like his sixth it was his that was his you know his first his early stuff 
I'm a fan he of He numbered him backwards. <laughs> he numbered him backwards to be cool. Well, he was deaf. That makes sense. <laughs> they are always going backwards on things. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah, man. Well, all right. Keep going. DP, amazing. Microphone antics. Uh, yeah, that was, it was, it, yeah. I, I mean, it was very well done. Did you, like... Thanks, man. I appreciate you watching it. Did you, um... Like, was it, were you weighing whether or not to release it on your own on YouTube? Uh, and I'll put the links to it and stuff all in, in here. Um, but like, was that like pandemic decision? Like, how did you get, get there and how's it going for you? Cause it's yeah, 57,000 sure. views so far. So that seems pretty damn good. Yeah. Yeah. I've been, I've been happy with it's, uh, with the response to it. The thing is, um, Cause I, I recorded it knowing, okay, I'm going to self-produce this, but then there are avenues to releasing it. Um, whether it be through, uh, the, uh, the label that released the album, you know, they had all these avenues through Amazon prime and all that, like, or on demand, things like that. But outside of the big streamers, like Amazon prime's a big one, but it just didn't seem like it was going to do anything for me in the long run. Like short term, yes, it seemed like, okay, we're getting it in front of people. But long run, I'm trying, you know, as comedians, and I think you see the model changing now more and more with people releasing their own thing and building their own channel, their own brand, because so many of us have seen like effort put into something and then that just goes away. Like where are the Vine stars now that worked hard at that and they were like building and then it just disappeared. And like early, early days of my career, like I put in real time into MySpace, trying to build right, a following right. and trying to be funny on there. And then it just disappeared overnight, seemingly. Yeah. And so it seemed like, okay, let's build something. I mean, Google owns YouTube. It's been right. around for a long time and it only seems to be growing. So I felt like, let's build that channel so I have this distribution to release whenever I want. And I don't, yeah, I'm yeah. not beholden to Amazon or you know another streamer that yeah. doesn't really care about me. I'm just another number. Yeah, absolutely. I I mean, it's interesting, right? Because I think um you know, their the Netflix model is is very interesting. Um but I don't think you get the analytics that actually you need to make right. it worth your while. Like you could literally you could find out from your YouTube channel where you should tour and it might not be where you think you should tour. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, you see all that back end yeah. stuff. And, and so, yeah, it just made sense to me to do that rather than drive traffic to another person's platform. It made sense to drive traffic because also on YouTube, I can release clips of it and people yeah. could see one joke and say, I really like that joke. And then at the end of it, it says, watch the whole special. And all of a sudden now that yeah. I'm driving traffic to myself. Whereas, you know, if you do a Netflix thing and they see a joke that Netflix posts, then they're still going to Netflix. They're not coming right. to Nick Hoff on YouTube. So it just seemed to make sense. And now had Netflix said, Nick, there's <laughs> 500 grand. We want to release your special. I'd have said, Netflix has always been my favorite. <laughs> I have my own account and I don't share it with anybody. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's awesome that you're doing that and, and betting on yourself in that way. I think you're absolutely right. Like it's a long career. It's a long build and your people are going to be your people regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, yeah, 
Uh, that's awesome, I like dude. the Louis C.K. model. Like, I mean, say what you will about his masturbatory habits, but uh, you know, he a long time ago started buying his own stuff back and just putting yep. it on his website. And now yep. his fans are able to go to that platform, and there's no real middleman. Yeah. That just is sucking all the money out. And yeah. he's able to give other comics platforms too. I think he just released Robert Kelly's on his on his yeah. website. So yeah. Yeah, it it's, just makes sense in the long game. I, I think so too. Um yeah, it, it's and I, I kinda it's I think I when I brought to the convers like to the idea of it for a comic, having gone through doing it as a musician, like we didn't have those choices. Like you had to get a label back in the day or you basically right, right. couldn't do shit, you know? Um, <laughs> but now you can do all of that, but it still comes down to like, you got to find your people. And then when your people are with you, they're, they're with you. I think especially, you know, musicians, comedians, you know, pe- people become a fan. They become a real fan. They're going to be into it. Um, no matter what you put out, like, I, I, I don't know. I'm, that's how I am as a fan. If I like a band or a, a comic, like, you know, the, absolutely, absolutely. And that, I think that's what we found from podcasting because podcasts aren't, you know, a laugh a minute. Right. So a lot of times they're very yeah. interesting. <laughs> yeah. And, and so you're just like, you're wanting to hear more about this person's life, more, just hear them talk. And if they're there for you every single week, that's almost more important than every single week they're blowing your mind. And so, right. yeah, you right. create those fans. And so, yeah, we have all the platforms now. So it's great. Yeah, you said, you know, musicians back in the day, they had to wait to get a label. Now you can release and you see it with bands. They release like one song at a time a lot of the time. Yeah. It's a whole Rather different thing. A whole, it's a whole different beast. So as much as I hate like having to do social media, I understand <laughs> the importance and realize how powerful it is and how cool it is that you can reach people. And also while you're sleeping. Like yeah. I would wake up every morning and look like when I first released my special, I'd wake up every morning and be like, it got X amount of thousands of views while I yeah. slept globally. How cool is that? Globally, yeah, right? People are able to see it in Australia and England yeah. and Asia. Like that's well, not, not certain places in Asia, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm not huge in certain <laughs> districts of Asia. There's yeah. Yeah. There's par- pockets. I'm sure <laughs> North Korea. I'm not touring North Korea anytime soon. <laughs> It's just not going to happen. It's not in the cards. I talked to my agent. <laughs> it's amazing. I, I, I love it. I've been, it, it's, it's fascinating to me as like a, a study of how artists can evolve now. Like they never could before. Um, and I think it's awesome. And like, there's too many people like, <laughs> like, like there, you're not going to run out of people. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and right. you know, you don't have, you don't need everybody. Like it's billions. You you need a couple thousand to sustain an amazing life. Really? Just in, just in America. Like somebody said, I can't remember what the book, if it's a book or something, but that somebody said, you need a thousand true fans. Kevin Kelly. Have a career. It was Kevin Kevin Kelly. Kelly. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, in America, so what we have 330 million people roughly in America. If you can get 1% of that, that's 3.3 million people that Is are it I'm fans. bad at math? That, I think so. <laughs> so if, <laughs> if we were only at a computer where we could fact check that, yeah, 3.3 million people 
that's if only 1% like you. So anytime you try and rack your brain over why is this person popular, who yeah. the hell, 1%, 99% of people could hate yeah. the hell out of that person. And yep. only 1% has to like it. And all of a sudden you have 3.3 million fans in America alone. Yeah, yeah. So it's insane. Like, forget about trying to please everybody and like cast this wide net. Just be your person. Be like, yeah. and the more specific you are, it almost feels like the better off. Yeah, yeah. That's that's exactly it. It's awesome. I'm so psyched for you, dude. I I, I agree 100. percent And it's so hard to get like artists and comics and stuff and people to to see that opportunity because you know we're yeah. hard on ourselves and you know. You do, and the dark side is you have all those numbers, and you're like, all right, why'd they slow down? And why did I only have this many downloads this week? And you know what I mean? Like, you got to remember the long game of, yeah. of you know, body of work over time. And we're time. public performers, right? Which is a completely different beast. Like, imagine, imagine uh, Da Vinci painting, and then every day brought. 50 people in to look at whatever he accomplished that day. Like it takes him weeks and months sometimes on these paintings, but every day he had to like show it to the town square. Like, what do you think? They'd be like, boo, this looks <laughs> like torch the Mona Lisa, like long, but like we are on display. We take things that are half cocked ideas and we're like, is this any good? And people say, nay, or, or that's something maybe. And somehow we like garner the courage to do it again the next day. Like public, performance is a completely different beast yeah yeah dude i it's it's a very strange thing i i i'm struggling to think of like i don't know i'm a like i'm amazed at your special not because it's i i'm not surprised that it was good i i knew it would be good um obviously you're an incredible comedian uh one of my favorites uh you know that i've ever gotten Thank to you. see live and had on the shows like just just always amazing. Um, but like, I'm amazed now at comics that came out of the pandemic with great material because it was really, really difficult. And I feel like material that was crafted, this is my personal view on my own material is like material crafted prior to the pandemic is from a world that is not, doesn't exist anymore, you know, right. like, you know, you have to kind of feel your, I feel like you have to kind of feel your joke, you know, like, and it'd be mm -hmm. like putting on this like blinders that that didn't just happen really kind of, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, really put a lot of things into perspective and distilled what we thought was important. And, um, I, yeah. I had a very specific yeah. version of this just happen because just over the weekend, I taped a uh, dry bar special. Um, oh, congratulations. And thanks. And the whole time I was getting ready for it, I was like, okay, so I just released this special that like burned all my favorite material from the last few years. And then since recording that, I've been building the new hour. And I don't, I'm pretty precious about that because I've recorded things that I thought, this joke's only a month old, but it's so good. And I record it. And then two months later, it's this whole other thing that's even better. Yeah. And, I, and yeah. then I listen to the recording. And I go, oh, that right, wasn't even right, close. Right. Right. And so I didn't want to record that. So I was like looking through old notebooks going, okay, what doesn't exist anywhere, but is still a solid joke. 
and I tried to dust a couple hmm. of those old boys off, and I was like, this feels like I'm lying to everybody. Like, yeah. the weeks leading up to the taping, I was trying them, and I was like, this this is a shadow of who I was. Right. This, isn't, this isn't me now. So it was really hard to, like, even think about selling those, like, actually performing them. And so you're right. Yeah, anything you wrote pre-pandemic, it's like, is this even important anymore? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. I And, you know, there was large chunks. I don't know what, I'd love to talk about like your process or whatever, but for me, there, uh, I had this thing, in, a note in my phone, and when a, a kernel pops in your head, you write it down, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever. Yep. Um, but I didn't have a lot of those during the pandemic. <laughs> Nothing was funny. Like, it, right. I couldn't even zoom out at the ridiculousness of things yet. You know what I mean? So there's sure. a big gap in even thinking of funny shit. And now, like, I don't know, it's been really difficult from my perspective on that. So I love that you were able to hit pandemic-related material and, you know, get through it because I find it incredibly difficult. Yeah, the only thing that was... So uh, the first... I assume what you're talking about is the first few minutes of the special where I talk about the pandemic and the you acknowledge that it happens and you move on right that i thought you did that it was fantastic i appreciate yeah it's kind of like uh it kind of dates you know where we are in society at this moment here's this thing and you know i knew there was going to be some people that just couldn't handle like oh everybody's doing i think one guy's like why is every comic doing covid material and you're like well i don't know if you've been paying attention it's sort of (laughs) a huge topic from the last few years like I why know. is everybody doing COVID? Shut up. It's like asking, why are you telling a fart joke? Or why is there a sexually related joke in this thing? Like, come on, give me a break. There's certain things that are like these overarching. Yeah, we uh, all have it. Yeah. Yes, yes. So, and, and then certain people, you know, as soon as I said the word vaccine, even though they just didn't listen to the joke, they're like, oh, he's steeple chairing the vaccine. Look at this yeah. guy, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. But that's one of those things, like you can't please everybody. And if you try to... You know, uh, a guy that never did anything wrong, Bill Cosby, I think, said, if you try and please everybody, you're going to please nobody. <laughs> I think that was right before he crushed up the roofie. And <laughs> slipped oh, my God. The... Oh, my God. Oh, God. So far, I've I've referenced Louis C.K. and Bill Cosby. Let's see if I can get... What, what else you got? What else you got? Another known felon. Oh, my God. It's... Yeah, that sucks, actually. You know, that whole... Cosby situation. Yeah. It's it's. I, I noticed Carlin behind you right there. He's one of my favorites of all time, obviously. Oh, yeah. um, and uh, you know, the, this sounds again like I had the most bougie sentence ever, question ever, and now, like, you know, it feels like, and I'd love to hear what you think. It feels like that's the pinnacle of the art is being able to describe the world so that people's minds change sure towards the right you know like i don't know maybe not their minds change but the, like point folks in the right direction carlin was so ahead of his time in in so many things just a masterclass in being a comic like to me, you know, and yeah, I think Louis stuff, does that sometimes Cosby used to do that, you know? Yeah. it almost like you could almost like 
put up side by side the amount of times your brain laughed with the amount of times your brain said, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's it. Exactly. You're absolutely right. Like it's, he was hitting those stride for stride. And yeah. so like, that's why still today people share Carlin jokes and they're still, and they seem like he wrote them this month. Yeah. But yet he, these are clips from like 93. Yeah. And you go, Oh, that's, that was that long ago. It seems like he's talking about right now. And yeah. so, yeah, he kind of, he, he was a big one. He was a big one. Carlin's up there for sure. I'm he's one of the first that... comics I saw live. Really? Where yep. did you see him? I saw him, uh, I was in college at Indiana University, and every year they'd bring in a big name comic, and I was a guest usher, which meant that if you showed people where their seats were, you got to stand in the back and watch the shows for free. And so in my four years uh, there at Indiana, I saw Carlin, Cosby, Seinfeld, and Chappelle. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I, I was sitting there. I was in hog heaven when those guys came. And I, try, I tried to perform when George came. I knew the general manager because I was an yeah. usher. And so yeah. he would give us the speech. And when he was coming, I go, hey, I've written five minutes. You think I'd go up before George? He goes, what are you, insane? <laughs> I'm not going to let you bomb in front of 2,300 people? <laughs> I'd never done comedy before, but I was like, hey, I, I got it. I got oh, this. Oh, wow. So you hadn't been a, a comic yet? No, no. When I did was you in start? College. I I had been writing since high school. I knew early on that I wanted to do it, but I, I didn't start until 2005, at the end of 2005 when I came out to California. Wow. Wow. So you started in L.A.? I started in L.A., but that when I asked, that was 2001. That was, um, so he came, I think, November of 2001, which then two months earlier was 9-11. And you know that Carlin story. No, I don't think you don't I do. Know the nar- oh, my goodness. Yeah, this is a crazy Carlin story. So on uh, on September 9th and September 10th of 2001, George Carlin recorded a special called I Kind of Like It When a Lot of People Die All at Once. And you yeah. can hear him saying that. I kind of like it when people die, a lot of people die all at once, you know? This guy <laughs> clears up the freeway. You know what? I don't know what he was going to say, but yeah. you can hear it in your head. And so he records this special, and, you know, he's on cloud nine. They probably went out celebrating. That's oh, a rap party, no. whatever it is. September 11th, wakes up. A lot of people died all at once. And all of a sudden, you cannot release this special. And it just goes to the graveyard. So that tape exists somewhere. No way. Yeah. But then, so when I saw him two months later, he had a bunch of stuff to talk about the tragedy and probably the other 45 minutes that was going to be for the special. Um, but yeah, it's, it's insane what happened. So when did he pass away? So, did, so that stuff is never on a special or did he have another special after you saw him? Uh, yeah, he had another special. I'm trying to think of the one. Uh, so he died in 2008, it looks like. At age 71, doesn't he seem older than that? By the end, yeah. Yeah. Right? Um, so the one that he came out with, I'm, I'm, I'm on the internet right now looking it How up. How dare I'm you, just, sir? How just dare like you? A, <laughs> you know, I can't see which special he did in two. In he would have recorded in 2001 or two. Uh, okay. Mm, no, that's not it. Two th- wait, 2001. So he recorded one in... Oh, I bet he recorded it way in advance. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so I don't know what the name of the one is that he came out with after that, but yeah. I remember the first thing he said, is this a, 
Is this a clean podcast? Uh, no. Okay, so the f- <laughs> I remember the first joke he came out with when he came out. He just walks out on stage and he goes, I'll tell you what doesn't get discussed enough, pussy farts. And like <laughs> didn't say anything else with it. <laughs> but yep. that was like... He didn't have an opener. He just walked on stage with the microphone, said that before he even got to the center of the stage. People went nuts, and then he went into his... Like, under three seconds, he had everybody laughing. Yeah. And yeah. even though I'm very uncomfortable saying the sentence that I just said, like, that <laughs> was, was him at age 65 or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. I love uh, when Bill Burr opened one of his specials. Uh, I think it was the one before the black and white one. Um, okay. He, he walks out and the first thing he said was, I'm thinking about buying a gun. Like, <laughs> and he had like a right, 15, right. 15 minute riff on, on buying a gun and it's got good spread talking about a shotgun. Like it's a brilliant <laughs> bit, but like right, right. that is right out of the George book, like hit him immediately. Like, you yes. know, like it, it's so cool how, how they're able to do that. His special Bill Burr's special at Red Rocks is a masterpiece. Like, it's really great. And it, huh. so I'm happy. Here's, here's something I think that good that came out of the pandemic. And, and I don't know if it'll sustain, but it forced a couple of people that were churning out specials really quickly to take another beat. Mm. And I say this a lot, and I don't know if anybody agrees with me, but they don't have to be right if they don't want to be. Uh, but I think it takes comedians, even the best comedians, three years to get an hour of gold. I think you can do 20 a year. And then after that, you're fooling yourself. If you think the rest of that is special worthy. So like when, you know, when certain comics were coming, cranking them out one a year, I always thought that's 20 minutes of gold. It was the specials. Good. It's 20 minutes of gold, 20 minutes of good, 20 minutes of like, I don't know, could have done without that. So having this extra little beat I think really improved them because before that I thought Bill's black and white special was my favorite of his. Okay. And I, I would like anybody asked me about comedy that doesn't know. I say, Bill Burr, go watch the black and white special on Netflix. I forget what it's called. I'm sorry. You feel that way or something. Yeah. Like yeah, that. yeah. 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 That's me, the one where he talks about his, uh, uh, the, the, like having a father, two generations of fathers and how did they survive? They were just monsters like that whole. Yeah. Bit. Yeah. And the yeah, guy breaking into his apartment when he's got a, yeah, they got a little dog that's... Yeah. What are you... Yeah. What? Huh? And he's wiping his eye. Like, such a good special. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah, I mean, he's the best working today, probably. Yeah, he's unbelievable. So, yeah. I like it anytime. The Red Rocks one, the the only... My only complaint is the that one center camera angle, like, was from, like, above, and it looked weird. He kind of looked yeah. like a potato or something. Like, there was one angle, and I get it. You're at Red Rocks. There's not ideal filming location, maybe. I mean, it looks yeah. beautiful. But there was yeah. that one angle that they kept cutting to. And I was like, that's a goofy angle. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't disagree that I, I visually um, I wasn't as amazed, but I but I, the the writing was just yes. so good. Um, He's amazing. Yeah, I, I think I think you're probably right. And what we got out of it was that, like, give ourselves the freedom to go slower mm-hmm. to develop. Right. Um yeah, before Which, that, because we you'd you'd feel bad if you went two days without performing. Yeah, you'd be like oh, what am I even doing here with my life? Yeah, really? Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, a couple of like three weeks into the pandemic, you go, oh, it's not coming back right away. Yeah, and we all had to like forgive ourselves for not getting out there 
and yeah. doing it, um, which I think was healthy for some people and unhealthy for others. Yeah. Yeah. It was a mixed bag for sure in that regard. I mean, Jesus, uh, what a, what a, how was it for so, you? So weird. Um, nightmare. It was a, it was a mixed bag. I mean, uh, you know, I, I had a very, my, my day job was very, very busy and I traveled a lot, uh, right leading up to maybe two or three months before the pandemic hit, I had changed jobs and was home and okay. Like I didn't have to travel and it was amazing. And then the pandemic hit and I couldn't travel. And I, <laughs> I settled into it so well. Like, like I would never give back the time I got to spend with my kids dedicated yeah. time. Like, like that is magic. Like, and I didn't realize like, holy shit, if I wouldn't have had that dumb traveling job for two or three years, I could have done this kind of then too. Right. So, yeah. you know, you, I, I, I regretted the miss, but also like not taking for granted what I did get. And so now when I have to travel, I'm like, uh, mm, couldn't we do a zoom? Like, <laughs> right, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, uh, so, but I definitely, uh, yeah, I learned a lot. I mean, we had to ch- we we ended up uh moving houses, which was good because that was, you know, an unexpected turn that you couldn't like leave your house. I was right. it, like your thing about like how they were cordoning off parks. Like that, that was, was insane here. It was crazy. Yeah. That was when we uh cuz the kid was on Zoom. I only had one kid uh, in school at the time. Kid was on Zoom, so we didn't have to be in Los Angeles. I'm not performing, right. so there's no performance opportunities. And uh, you know, I grew up in Nebraska. My wife grew up in Indiana, and we look at their lives, and they're be- like, if they went to a store, they wore a mask. Other than that, their lives were no different. Like things yeah. did not yeah. shut down there by and large. And so they're like, well, just come, come here. And so yeah. I, I fought it for a little bit, but then when I went and I was like, I took the boys to go play soccer at one of our favorite parks. I knew that they had closed down the play structure that you couldn't sure. play on the play structure. I knew that, right. but I thought, well, we'll go kick. They had these two giant fields where we can kick a soccer ball and they wouldn't let us get on it. They had it marked off. There was a guy in his car, like shooing people away. Yeah. And I'm like, this is so stupid. And then it was right then that I was like, all right, let's just go live in the Midwest for, you know, a few months while this whole thing blows over. And, uh, yeah. and the kids can play with their cousins. And so we did that. We ended up, uh, being in Nebraska, I think for three, well, between Nebraska and Indiana, we were there for like three months, just, wow. just l- living in our parents' basement. Just, you know, the kids could play and he would do zoom and it was central time. So it didn't start yeah. till like 10 o'clock in the morning. So we got <laughs> to play a little bit before, like he was in hog heaven. Nice. That's cool. So yeah, I mean, we escaped to that. Where did you escape to? We, d- we didn't escape like now now that you're saying it i'm like oh we did we just moved from a like a a townhouse to a house with a yard okay gotcha so you got Um, yeah the yard is huge yeah yard was huge i mean i've you know since i've lived in los angeles i've never had a yard this is my first one like i I was just like yard living i was like this is insane it's so much different life is so much different um and you know i didn't you know, realize what I was missing, I guess, is the best way to put it. Like, right, right, right. This, at the same time, it's like, man, 
again, this was so difficult and so pervasive and with kids and stuff like what a, I feel bad for them. Like, could you imagine, could you even imagine having been stuck with your parents with no choice? (laughs) You can't see your friends. You can't go anywhere. Everything is closed for months. Like it's, it's not good. How old are your kids? Uh, 15 and 11 now. So I bet you, I bet you had it worse off than me because my kid, my oldest was in kindergarten when it went down. So the friends he had weren't like the friends he's had for five years. So yeah. I bet your kids, I'll bet you that was hell for them to sit there and like not be able to see their buddies and stuff like that and not go to school and have that social interaction like that. That had to have been really tough. My kids, I don't know that they knew necessarily what they were missing. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I, I feel thankful for that. Like it's, and it, like you said, it's nice that you got that time with them. And it's good that you see it that way because there's a good portion of the world that would look at it and, and see what they're getting now and then just focus on the regret of the time they haven't done that. You know, yeah. It's like one of those yeah. people that goes on vacation and be like, oh, and we're leaving in three days. It's like, right, stop right, three right. days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Live yeah. the vacation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I mean, it was amazing. My daughter probably took the brunt of it in terms of social life. She was in, you know, middle Is that school. The 15-year-old? Yeah, she was in middle yeah. school, yeah. lost a whole year. Um, it, and out here, like, it felt, you felt at least if you were, you know, whatever your, your leanings or whatever, but you felt like guilty for doing things for a while. It was, it was, mm-hmm. it was rough. Like it was like, should we expand our circle? Should we hang out well, with them? I've they forgotten that they seem expand clean, your... <laughs> right? <laughs> they seem clean. They, you know, nobody's sick right now, but like, it was just this weird, Weird thing. Coming we had a thing circle. where we Who sat... have you been in contact with? Yeah. You know, what are we all fucking scientists with contact tracing apps? No, no it was so a shit show. Yeah. Like, it was crazy. I remember having like a, uh, we had like a, uh, everybody brought lawn chairs and sat on the the driveway in a six foot chalked yeah. out line. Like We all did some weird stuff. Hanging out, drinking beers outside. It's like, I guess you can't get sick from here. You know, like I just assume we all had it. And we're blowing these particles out at all times and like rolling the dice if you're going to be asymptomatic or if you're going to die. Like it was so nuts. We all did stupid things. I remember early on, we were wiping down groceries. Like we'd send yep. one person. I was like the <laughs> yep, front me, line guy. They're like, yep. you're you're the strongest. Go to the grocery store and fetch <laughs> fetch us sustenance. And I'd go in and, and like I'm wearing the mask and I'd yep. be pissed if somebody got like was walking down my aisles. Like, Really? Yeah. Really, you're gonna walk down my like we're all a bunch like we had no idea if this thing was like <laughs> jumping out of pickle jars, latching onto our larynx and just sucking us till we're dead. Like, and so when we even when we decided to leave Los Angeles for a few months to go live in the Midwest to some normal capacity, my wife ordered a portable toilet on Amazon. We got that. We traveled in the van. We didn't go in anywhere. We went in one fell swoop. It's a 20 hour drive. 
uh, to get to Nebraska. Oh my God. And we didn't go in any gas station. If we had to go to the bathroom, we either pulled over and the boys and or I would pee on the side of the road, or if somebody had to do number two, we had that little portable toilet that everybody would get out of the van and one person would stay in the van and take a crap. And we'd, <laughs> you know, throw that out. We didn't go in anywhere. We didn't trust anything. And when we got there, my parents were like, are you guys... Qu- quarantining in the basement for two weeks to make sure that you didn't bring anything from the devil's country out in California. (laughs) And uh, luckily we didn't do that. We like stayed down in the basement for like a half a day. And then we're like, this is silly. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, we all were stupid. I remember the first time we ordered, ordered food in the pandemic. Like we had gone, we're like, we're not trusting food. They're going to Domino's bringing me coronavirus. Like you crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember the first time I ordered a pizza and they delivered it and I cooked it for an additional 15 minutes in our oven because wow. I was like, yeah, let's burn the COVID off. And it tasted horribly. <laughs> we were so excited to finally get delivery and it just was this uh, dried out, shriveled pizza. Is it oh, it's brutal. We're all morons. Uh, but you oh know, hindsight, who knows? Yeah, I mean, shit. But there have to be people smarter than us that actually did know shit, and they just didn't tell us effectively. Like, probably. Like, can you imagine? Like, if 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 there would have been enough, like, uh, what's his name, Neil deGrasse Tyson's of the virology world, like yeah. right away, who could have been like, everybody, just listen, just listen. Here's what's going on. It's very simple. Like you can wash down your groceries all you want, but you're not like, you're not like in a clean room. Okay. Like spraying them kind of with Lysol doesn't get it. Like it was bananas and we got no good information. Like it was just like, ah, I guess six feet. Like they could spread (sighs) six foot. They could spread social distance as a term. We all learned, Mm -hmm. uh, contact tracing. We all learned, but they just kind of stopped there. Like they got everything right. they'll need. They'll Thanks. be fine. These they got terms, it. Send them out. And I listen, <laughs> I don't, I, I mean, it was by and large, it was stupid. And yes, like some people did die of it and that's a horrible thing. And I feel bad, you know, making light of it in any, in any capacity. But also I'm like, there are still people right now wearing masks and I'm not a person that's going to get like in your face and be like, why are you wearing a mask? What are you doing here? Like yeah, I, yeah. you want to wear a mask? Fine. But I feel bad for you. I feel yeah. bad for you either a, because there's something wrong with you and you have to wear that mask or B there's something wrong with you and you're still wearing the mask. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. it's one of two things. Either way, I feel bad for you. Yeah, I mean, I'd seen it for years traveling. Like, Asia has been doing that for yes. years. Like, if and you I have always a cold, put a mask on. <laughs> if I always distrusted those people. Anytime you'd see the person with a mask, like, pre-pandemic, you saw a person with a mask, you're like, stay away from that person, whatever they're dying of. I don't want any part exactly. of this. Yeah, it must be bad if they're wearing a mask. Uh, exactly. It, yeah. it was actually, like, a beautiful courtesy. Like, like, hey, I have the sniffles. I wouldn't want you to get sick also. Right, so right. I'm going to wear this thing. Never once did they complain about being able to breathe. Like, right. You know, uh, yeah, it was, it was, (laughs) it was a crazy time, dude. I, uh, I, I, I'm glad we're on the other side of it, I guess is the best way to put it. Right. Um, but I, I, I hope that people learned a lot, but I don't trust that they all did. You think I'm learning anything over here? (laughs) You think I'm learning? (laughs) (laughs) 
nope, I'm just going to dig in. Whatever my thoughts are, I'm going to find things to, <laughs> to support that, and I'm digging in. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. Yeah, it's bananas. So so what's up now? You're, you're, uh, go ahead. You said you were, you just did a dry bar. So you have I did. basically two new hours dry out there in the world. Dry bar now is only 25 minutes. So that's, uh, okay. you know, uh, they've shortened them. I don't know if they're like adjusting to people's attention spans, probably. Mm. Uh, but now they're just 25 minutes. So, But I don't know when that'll come out. But it's, you know, it's in the can. I'm happy. And yeah. when that comes out, it's like, you know, I kind of look at it as a catalog of your material. And the more that you can put out that's good quality stuff, the more that when people discover you, they have something to fall back on. Like, Body you know, of when work, you like, yeah. yeah, when you see like a band or you hear a song or something, you're like, oh, I love this song. And then you look up and you're like, oh, they only have three other songs or something. And you're kind of right. like disappointed but when you discover yeah. somebody and all of a sudden you're like, Oh, and they've got these other four albums to go back and get caught up on. Yeah. That's the best. That's yeah. the, or like when you see something of a show and you finally get caught up on it and they're already in season four and you're like, ha, 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 I win. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. if it's the first episode, you're kind of like, what am I going to wait in a week to see the next episode? You know, whatever. Yeah. 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 We've changed our, our intake on that kind of stuff. Um, you were touching on something before, um, about taking longer to make the material. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and I wanted to, to ask you what you thought about, like, um, well, did you listen, like when you were a kid, did you listen to, to comedy albums and like memorize them? Was that a thing for you? Yeah. Yep. So like, I hold them very dear in terms of like, it has to be album worthy. Like, and I mean like, you know, vinyl worthy, even if you don't sure. have vinyl CD, like, like, and when you talk about all the specials that were coming out year after year after year, one after another, you're right. There'd be like chunks of them, but like, I don't remember them. Like I remember albums. Right. You know what I mean? Um, so is it yeah, because album it, worthy? I mean, Make it album worthy, you know? They were way more precious back in the day. Like now I could literally tape an album with my podcast equipment that would be almost as high quality as like the, the most vigorously produced albums in the world. Right. Like we can all get there pretty inexpensively in terms of quality. So now it's about like, you know, having the discipline to say, you know, I, maybe I don't need to put this out just yet. These other things can, can come about. Cause yeah, like, I, I mean, I must've worn out my CD of Jerry Seinfeld's I'm telling you for the last time. I mean, every yeah. road trip we had, I was putting that in the CD player. Like if it were my choice to pick a thing, I put that one in the CD player. Let's listen to this. And I'm just watching it. I'm quoting it. I'm doing the bits. Uh, I'm making my friends laugh in the back seat. Like that was wonderful. And now it's like, just because people can, they're churning them out. And I understand there's demand for content, but I also feel like you're going to look back at some point and go, that one wasn't quite ready. Or I, uh, this makes me cringe a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think, God. yeah, you hope that you, you, you put it down and you're proud of it. Even if you're, you know, you know what I mean? Like that, 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 yeah, that is always what I think too is, is, and Seinfeld was such a stickler for words and, <laughs> and, and that. Right. So, um, yeah, man, that's, that's amazing. I mean, that's, it's cool to talk to you about this because I'm psyched that you are like, think of it that way too. Like in, in a way that, that you want, you, you just, you just get it. And like, that's why you're so good. Like when I 
had you on those crazy bar shows, like, <laughs> like you just always delivered and it's always good. And, and just like, God damn, this guy is just so, like, why don't more people know, you know, what I, you know, well, why dude, don't I more people know? You've always yeah. been, you've always been so supportive. I mean, I remember all those tweets like follow Friday and I was like, <laughs> Oh, what a, what a great dude. What a great dude out there. One of the most supportive guys. I, that thing, that whole thing has become just this weird, like tick at this point, like, because I, <laughs> it's like hollering into the hallway. Like, it's like, but I, but I, I have to at least put one out this week, but like, it's just interesting because I was like, is anybody paying attention right. to, to these things? Um, and what a weird way to communicate is in this way. But like, I'm literally thinking, especially with, with Twitter, like we're a little older, so we're going to, we kind of know Twitter, like the kids these days, they don't do that. Like Twitter, Twitter and Facebook are, are dated in, in a lot of ways. Um, but maybe that's your people, you know, like your audience or whatever, but you can, you can pretty clearly see it. Um, but it's funny to talk to kids about this kind of stuff. And I wonder where they're, unless they're real comedy fans, it's really hard to catch them and make them listen to the record and memorize it. Right. Yeah. People's, that's not how they're consuming it. They don't consume it that way. It's an interesting thing. Yeah. And that's an interesting that you brought that up because yeah, the, the younger generations, I don't know where it cuts off. I, I feel like you can still catch people around 30 and older. But under 30, yeah. I'm not 100% sure that they're consuming content in that way. And that's why, I mean, I, I post the clips on Instagram, and I recently started posting things on TikTok, just TikTok. trying to. Yeah. And my hope is that, my hope is that it will create some subliminal pathway in their mind. I don't expect that they'll see me on TikTok and then find me on YouTube or they'll, you know, look up my calendar. But my hope is that they see my face enough and it and it registers in their brain as this guy's funny, like I've seen this guy. I can't but he's he's funny and then maybe one day they're going they're looking at the, you know, comedy club in their town's website and I'm coming in two weeks. That's my hope that I build some sort of neural pathway, uh, for the younger generation where my face or my name is associated with, uh, something that makes them happy. And then wherever they happen to see me or catch me the next time they'll say, Oh, that's that guy. Yeah. That's my only hope. (laughs) Yeah. I think, I think TikTok is really interesting and it's the most interesting of all of the platforms that have evolved for, for comedians. Um, Mm -hmm because it doesn't require anybody do anything. They don't have to go anywhere. It's just fed to them nonstop. Um, yeah, it's unbelievable. Um, and it's usually on the toilet. Yeah. I had to set a timer on my TikTok. It tells me when I've been on for 15 minutes and really, then I stop. Yeah. Cause it's, it's a fucking drug. Like, full, is that within the TikTok app or is that like on your phone that allows you to cut off an app? That's it. Yeah. Yeah, I put the timer. TikTok on doesn't say we'll allow you to. Re- <laughs> no, they're like keep no. drinking the keep, poison. Keep doing it. Yeah, I got to um, do that on but, multiple apps. I think, but it is amazing because what you want to do is find people's attention uh, mm-hmm. in that way, and I think TikTok is the most immersive. Um, and you want to reduce the friction of the people that really like you to be able to find you. And that's right now the only way 
that, that can do yeah. it quickly. Um, but I think the engagement is still the same. Like you're still on the hook to deliver for those people, but it's kind of easy for a comic to do it with your clips. You must have hours. And that kind of, this, this brings me to a thought that like you, you said, um, you know, you burned an hour and you're, you know, you burned the material. I want to push back on that. Cause I don't think you did because it's all, I'm sure you know this, it's all there right now. You could literally clip up your first special. Right. And it, yeah, don't, and don't hold it dear at this point. Like, you yeah, know, it's you know out what there, I mean? and I just need to. Yeah, I just need to absolutely just chop it up into all these little consumable pieces, and hopefully yeah. that will come back to the source. But even if it doesn't, like if I give somebody ten seconds of happiness, or they watch a twenty-five second clip, and they, you know, yeah, but they see one today, and then they see another one in a week. Yeah, you're absolutely oh. right, and I need to take more advantage of that because. But yeah, what's I, brilliant I, that, is right TikTok there. doesn't have a timeline. TikTok is not is not temporal. That's the that's the crazy brilliance. It's like casinos that, you know, pump in air. And so you don't know, and take all the clocks out. Like you don't realize a, how much time you're spending and B, there is no timeline. It's hard to figure out when somebody posted something unless you're following exactly. them. Exactly. Yeah. Because I, I've tried to, people are giving financial advice. The market's about to pop. You're like, is yeah. it? Or was this in June? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, from your material standpoint, like fucking throw them all up there. Like you got nothing yeah. to lose. They're just going to fly all around. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I, I really like that. But as far as like, if you go do a live show, cause I felt the pressure having, especially producing a show, doing a show on a regular basis, I felt pressure in my own brain to always come up with new material because yes. maybe two or three people were return visitors and I wouldn't want them to be upset. Um, yeah. And then one day, somebody that was one of those return visit, return people was like, "You didn't do the 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 joke that I like," yeah, and yeah. I was like, "Oh, yeah, you're right. Like I can do my ter- material over and over again because I like when comics do it. Like when uh-huh. I see a comedian that I know do a joke I know that I love, I don't care if it's the hundredth time I've seen them do it. You like it? It's great. Like it's, it's a fucking great like. joke. Yeah. So." It's true. We do get weird in our heads about that. And, and part of it is, part of it is there's a certain element of a joke where the punchline is, if, if an audience can see your punchline coming, that's a bothersome punchline, you know, then you're like, uh, wasn't original or, you know, they, they, they they thought the same thought that I had, which doesn't make you feel good. So when you're, but and so I think that's our thought process. We don't want to be predictable. And so somehow that got muddled into, if I do the same joke, they're going to know where it's going. But I think we should excuse ourselves from that predictability when they've already seen it. It's not predictable now. You, Yes, you've seen it. Like, I'm, I, I think we're giving, uh, like, we're not giving ourselves enough credit or giving the audience too much credit at that point that they're predicting where the joke is going. Rather, they've just already heard it. And yeah. I'm just having this thought for the first time now. So thank you for, yeah. for allowing you know me to realize that because I was the same way. I'm kind of like, oh, these people have heard this before. Let me not get The chances of the people in the comedy club that didn't Had know it. you were coming... Uh-huh. Having seen Hearing it already, the joke is real low. Having seen it, having remembered it, 
Exactly. Like, yeah. uh, oh, you think you're that memorable to this person? Like, I remember every word from the TikTok that I saw. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and then the other one is that if they are your fan and they know your joke, they're not going to mind you doing it again because as long as you do it well, it's still going to be great. And probably in the time they saw it to the time you do it that time, maybe you find a new tag. Maybe you find yeah. a new angle you didn't think of just in the moment. You know, um, yeah. And now it's Garth Brooks when he plays the Thunder Rolls live, and there's that third verse that nobody <laughs> knew existed, and people going nuts. <laughs> Wait, she kills him in the third verse? That's a twist. <laughs> She's no longer the victim. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's awesome. That's good shit. I I uh, I appreciate you uh, rolling with me on that. That's that's. Uh, it's hard to find people to talk about that kind of shit with. Yeah. You know, yeah, man, no, uh, it's awesome. So dry bar, uh, 25 minutes. Don't know when it's coming out. All their stuff seems to kill it. Everything. They, they, they're like high quality. Their audience, you know, loves the stuff that they put out. And so, yeah, they've got a formula and it's a cool, you know, it's a TV taping up there. They treat you really well. And uh, they know exactly how they're doing. They filmed three a night. So there were three of us there, each doing 25 minutes. And they had a host that would get up and warm it up. And the people there are comedy fans of theirs. You know, they love the Dry Bar brand. So it's comedians and a lot of... Some of them are squeaky clean anyway, but most of us are guys that just can do clean. Like if you're a professional worth your salt, at a certain point you can say, yeah, I've got all this material that works for this particular segment and it's you know some comics go well i'm not gonna do that i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be clean like I don't yeah <laughs> but you do it for every other show that you do if you showed up at a comedy club and there's a bunch of old people you're gonna do different material because you don't want to bomb out of control so it's yeah. it's this weird thing that people dig in and i'm just like let's just you know see if you can hit a home run out of this park right you know it doesn't right. have Good to be jokes. fenway every time yeah you know Go to Arlington and see if you can knock one out. Play that. Okay, so you played well at Augusta. Can you play well at Pebble Beach? It's yeah. a, oh, it's a different call. So what? Yeah. Hit that fade instead of that draw that you've been hitting. Like, who cares? Like, exactly. it's an interesting challenge. So, yeah, I'm not sure when that one's going to come out. And then um, I'm building what I hope will be a new hour to record probably sometime in the back half of next year. Um Okay. But I don't want to set that out too far. I want to make sure that things are going in the right direction so that I'm I'm ready when the time comes. So are you do you tour pretty relentlessly now? Like are you doing the road or what? What's your I do. Plan? I do. Um I I do about uh every other weekend. That's typically what I'm doing. And sometimes it's four weekends in a row and then I take a couple of, you know, whatever it happens to be. But about yeah. every other weekend I'm on the road and um you know, which as a comedian, that makes you kind of, you know, most comics, I don't know if I'll say most, but a lot of comics you find that are, you know, politically, they're kind of right down the middle, Yeah, I think. You know, uh, some of them are really staunch one way or the other, but a lot of them are like, 
you know, because you go to places where you see, oh, yeah, people here don't need as big a government. That seems like a more Republican philosophy. Makes sense that they would vote that way and feel that way. And then you go to big metropolitan areas that are by and large, you know, Democratic. And it's like, yeah, we need more governmental control because there's so many people here, you know. Yeah, there'd right. be chaos. Yeah. If we if we didn't have somebody like organizing these lines, so you yeah. you see it all, and so I like I like meeting people and going to different places. The travel is lost on the allure of the travel is lost on me a little bit. Yeah, uh, yeah. getting on the airplane, that, you know that used to be fun. Now it's like, ugh, it's I really brutal. want to fly to Portland. <laughs> I you want to be in shows. Portland. I want to just be in Portland. I can't wait till the teleport comes. I hope Elon's working on it. Like, yeah. even if I lose an arm at some point, it'll be worth it. I mean, I, I don't know if you were a Star Trek fan growing up uh, or whatever, but they I really thought that port that, you know, being able to just blip from one place to another, you know, teleport. It seems reasonable. And I, I mean, like science fucking, is sound. Get it I, together. I had my son on a on a plane not that long ago and uh we we flew across the country and it'd been a while since we got on the on a plane that might have been my first plane ride back actually now that i come to think of it okay um and he had flown before when he was much younger but now he's kind of like paying attention more or whatever you know what i mean and so he was just so bored and i was like yeah (laughs) flying's boring it sucks (laughs) you sit here for six hours that's it that's the game. Like you have unlimited television things to look at, listen to stare at, like, yeah, it blows and that's it. Yeah. And I, I say the same to people that are like afraid to fly. I'm like, either you arrive or you don't. Meanwhile, it's one of the most boring things ever. It's not like, you know, it's a glass bottom, exciting thrill ride. It sucks. Oh, that'd be kind of cool if it, if it were uh, like a glass bottom airplane. I would not ride on it, but that'd be really cool. That'd be really cool. <laughs> Maybe the first time, and then you'd be like, Jesus Christ. Okay, so boring. There. Oh, there's nothing under my feet. Surprise, surprise. Let's get there. Oh, we got to connect in Houston. Fantastic. Yeah, it's it, it's crazy. I was, the worst yeah. thing about flying is that you do start to, and I had to check myself because I was really starting to hate people because it's just, it's a bunch of people that are tired. They don't want to get on the airplane. They don't want to stand there, wait for your turn, calling out group yeah. number. And you're like, oh, this idiot. He's in group one. I'm in group two. Look at this idiot. And you just start hating everyone. Put your thing in the overhead. Just put it up there. <laughs> just quit twisting. Put it up. No, you don't need your headphones. Knock it off. And you're just furious at everything. Why is that lady? Oh, really? You're going to go to the bathroom now. Okay, yeah, I'll get up. I'll get up. Don't mind me. Go ahead. Go to the bathroom. Second time on this flight. It's a two-hour flight. You can't hold it. You start to hate everyone. Everyone. You start to hate everyone. Oh, you you haven't noticed that everybody's been getting off the plane ahead of you? Now you're going to gather your things? Kiss my ass, Sally. Get out of my way. I'm going to miss my connection. You start to hate everyone. And it's because, yeah, you got 250 souls crammed in this tiny little metal tube, and you're yeah. all bored, and you're all mad, and you're all tired, and it's just one of the worst uh, experiences of humankind. Like, the first time is magical, and then after that, you're like, yeah, sure, take it down. Whatever. And you, you all just survived what is insane, if you explained it to somebody. 
Like yes, eighty years, a hundred years ago, when were planes invented? I don't know, eighteen something. A hundred years ago, they'd have been marveled. They'd been like you, you, you'd have had to write them a letter, and then you'd arrive before the letter got there. Like, like what is this? So like no, thirty six thousand feet. Like, get yeah. the fuck out of here. What are you talking about? 36,000 feet. Above the no. clouds? There's nothing Five, up there. 500 miles an hour, we're going to rip across the sky, and you'll be in <laughs> New York in no time. And we still find shit to bitch about. But yeah, you hate everyone, especially if you travel a lot, because you're like, don't they know? And the answer is no. No, they yeah. don't. And, and guess what? Even if you know, they treat you as if you don't know. Every time you go through TSA, make sure you take out your left. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Don't have anything metal in your pocket. No shit. I know. Okay. 6 a.m. Double Dude. platinum over here. <laughs> I saw just the other day when I flew, I saw, uh, I'm waiting in line and I was way early. Like I had plenty of time. I was not in a hurry. I didn't care how long the mm-hmm. line was. I had plenty of time. And I see two people, completely two completely different people running from the doors, like yeah, sprinting. Yeah to get into the TSA pre-line, right? Behind me, like a good bit behind me, like two or three people behind me, they finally land there. And I'm just like, man, if you are already sprinting, like you fucked up and, you know, this is the shortest line in the place. So we get up to the, like, where you could go on the belt and this dude's like rocking back and forth, freaking out. He's ready to lose his shit. And I'm like, hey man, go on ahead of me. You know, like I'm not in a rush, like, don't miss your sure. flight. Fuck. And so he goes up and then this other girl who had also run, but is not related to this guy. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, go, go for it. Or she, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like go. But that was all I was letting in. I was like, all right, that's enough. Um, I, I want to leave. I want to get through this too. <laughs> and the, the poor girl, she puts her shit on the bin or on the, on the belt and runs over and she's holding her phone and tries to walk through the the x-ray and they're like, nope, you got to get your phone. So she has to run back over, put it in a tray, put it on thing, go again. And then she goes through the, the, the metal detectors and the TSA guys like you've been selected for a random Random search. And she's just like, ah, damn it. Like, I don't think she made that flight. (laughs) Like, it's just like, Oh my God. Like you shouldn't be sprinting to the airport. I know everybody's done it, but like, man, and they don't care. The age, people that work there, I don't think they care. I think actually they kind of like it when they when you they know you're in a hurry. And, I saw no they, indicator that there was a random screening, but I know that dude <laughs> saw her run. Like he's like, excuse oh. me, miss. <laughs> Randomly selected. We're gonna have to have this dog <laughs> drug dog sniff your bag. Don't worry, he's in the he's in the United Terminal. He'll be here in fifteen minutes. <laughs> Just hang tight. Are you in a super hurry? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. I did you know this is a, a little tip if you start traveling internationally. Uh it's your responsibility coming into a country to make sure your your passport is stamped on, upon entry. Did you know that? No. Like your responsibility. If they don't like you hand them your shit when you walk in, but if they don't stamp it right, it's your responsibility to ensure that. I tell you this because I was trying to leave Germany once and uh, they hadn't stamped my thing on the way in. getting out of the motherland? No shit, dude. Do you no think shit. that we will let you leave? <laughs> and I had to go, I had to like email somebody to send me my old boarding pass because I didn't have it uh, to prove that I flew into the country. I was no like, man, this is insane. So yeah, I don't know. Dog on Air- it. Airport humor, humor, right? Um, 
Fucking A, dude. Well, this has been an amazing conversation, dude. I I, I so appreciate you coming on. Absolutely. Yeah, and, thanks for uh, having me. I know, I think we booked this when your special came out. Like, hey, let's talk about right. your special. <laughs> so for all intents and purposes, it just came out. Fuck it, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Check it out. Nick Hoff, and, front to back on YouTube. Yeah, it's it's excellent. And, um, you know, I... Uh, I haven't started producing again because the venue I was using closed down and then, uh, I got to find a new venue and I haven't ventured out to do that because time has a whole new, sure. Like life these days. So right. do I really need to find that place that'll let me do comedy every other Thursday? Exactly. Like th- <laughs> that's, that's a, a, yeah, but I, I miss it and I miss the conversations more than anything, which is why I love the podcast. Uh, but, uh, sure. Yeah. It's great um, to catch up. Yeah, dude. It's good to Uh, see you. You as well, man. I will let you know if I have something and I'm, you know, keep an eye out, venturing out, going to see some shows. Are you doing local LA stuff to work out in between? Yep. Yep. Most weeks I do a couple shows and then, and then leave on the weekends. So I'm around. What's good lately around here. What's, what's a good like local show Are there, are there good stuff? So uh, some of the ones that rooms? I'd like to hit, I, I like to hit um, ones that on, they're on the west side. That's where I am. And okay. it's important now. Like, I don't go hang out. Like, I used to go hang out at the comedy store for three hours or go to the improv and sit there. And even, yeah. you know, even after my set, I'd still hang out. And anymore, you know, there's such a premium on time that I'm just like, let me find the ones where the person who's running it knows me. And I can go and watch a few comics, then do my set, watch another comic after me, and then go back home and spend time with my family. So that's the important... It feels more like work, which I I miss some of the hangs, but, yeah. but you know, I'm on the road so much that it's just like, any time I can have at home is a premium. So I go, like, very kind of business-like now. I go, like, here are the jokes I'm going to do, here's the new stuff I'm going to do. And, and by and large, in town, I'm just doing new jokes. Because, yeah. you know, I just want that time to work out. I don't I don't get on stage every single night during the week. So the two or three shows that I do, I'm going to make sure that make I know exactly what I'm doing. So I like doing, like, Dan O'Carter has good shows. Um, I don't know if you know Dan O. He does them down in Manhattan Beach. Um, the Comedy Magic Club is always good to me. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, Flights in El Segundo has a show on Tuesdays that are pretty well attended you know like a free show but yeah you know usually have 20 25 people there that are there for the comedy so yeah give me a few people that are there to listen to the comedy and i'm happy yeah yeah when i bring i I will bring my show back in some form but i think i'm going to do it differently than i used to i think uh i want to give comics more time so they can work on you know a big chunk you know like half hours instead of oh wow tens and fifteens um, oh, wow. so I, I want to reimagine it in, in its next incarnation, but, uh, Very cool. you know, you're, you're always top of my list, man. And as you're gearing up for stuff, uh, we'll, we'll stay in touch and, and keep everything, keep everything moving forward. I'm really psyched for you. And, uh, I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Yeah, brother. Now it was really good catching up, Nick. And, uh, yeah, be well. Oh, if you want to plug whatever you want to plug and, Go for it, and uh, I'll put everything else in the show notes, too. 
Yeah, go to uh, nickhoff.com. That's the one-stop shop to find everything. My Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff. My YouTube link's up there for the new special, and I'm posting things all the time. So get on it. You know, Help me spread the word, guys, because uh, every little bit helps. Yeah, right on. Thanks, Nick. I really appreciate it, man. It's so good to see you. Thank you. You too. <laughs>